Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. This is Tank Media Games, my name's Keith. Josh playing as Harlow. <coughs> Zenas playing as Grim. And my name is Bryce, playing as Jack Little. And I of course am your DM, and this show is brought to you by Duke's Barbecue. Not a sponsor. <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> Listen to the show and you'll know why. <laughs> That was a good cliffhanger from last episode. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Yep, because uh, last episode, the party met a man named Simon Simon, treasure taker, who has devoted his life to taking treasure. He seems to be very self-centered. Uh, he um, has led them to an amphitheater to try to uh, get grab a mask of many faces made by the, the god of uh, performance and humor. Um, and, god. And they have agreed to do that because he has a key that they're not supposed to come to Buckland with, uh, or w- without. Uh, they're the leaders of their order of their you know secret servant organization have told them they need to get this key before they go to Buckland, and then they need to go there. But they can't leave without it, so they've got to do what he says to get the key. But they've made it to this amphitheater where they believe the mask is that they're going to uh, help him get, so he'll give them the key. Uh, and they found four young men who were there waiting for Simon Simon to, you know, try to beat him up. And so Grimm has made himself uh, the mercenary for them um, for 50 gold pieces to beat up Simon Simon when he arrives. Jack is arriving him. <laughs> yeah, Jack is pushing him down the steps as we speak. Not pushing him down the right, steps. Guiding like, him. Yeah. Uh, Just got a firm hand on the shoulder so he doesn't run off. Yeah, Jack is pushing him down the steps. <laughs> uh, and Arlo and Burb are currently, uh, you know, watching at this point. Where Arlo and Burb are hanging back. The last thing that was said was Jack said, you got to reap what you sow, Simon. Uh, I would have made it more dramatic had I known it was going to be a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. So that is where that we good, stand. So the first thing that's going to be said is... Well, how how about this for reaping what you sow? If you don't push me down there and we just, you know, get rid of these guys. I'm not saying kill them, but just, you know, scare them off, run them off, and we, and we do what we have to do here. Um, I'll, I'll give you a fraction of what I receive in payment for the mask when I sell it. How about that? So are you currently walking down with him? I am. Yeah, okay. we haven't made it very far before he starts to say this. So We're out of Arlo and Burb range. No, you're not. You're, you're like right there. Like he's barely okay. stood up while, while he's saying this. Uh, Arlo, do you care to walk with us? I think I want to hang back on this one. Listen, I'm starting to listen to me. A little bit listen less. to me. Don't push. I don't. I don't want to get beat up here because it's not going to stop anything. You still need the key. I still want the mask, and that's we're still going to have to do that. So why did I have to do it after being beat up? Because you've done wrong. I'm sure you've done wrong. Haven't we all done wrong? You killed a man. No, he didn't. A prominent man. He killed several people. But I did that all out of justice. You have caused this woman great stress. Yes, I'm sure masked, cleaver-carrying, scary man has done everything out of justice. Mm, I'm sure he has. Burb, back me up. Burb just, he looks back to Burb and Burb goes, just shrugs. <laughs> he puts his hands up like, I, I don't know. Um... <clears throat> Well, I promise you, you will be very, very wealthy if you just... I'll give you a fraction of what I get for the mask. I, I gotta say, Simon, Simon, Simon. Yeah. That uh started trusting you less and less. We didn't know the whole story going into this. Well, whatever. If, if you insist, I'll go down here. Fine. Perfectly reasonable. You can talk to these men. Perhaps you say that what they're telling us is completely blown out of the water. If you can convince them that such is not an appropriate reaction to what you've done, then you should be fine. Just promise me you won't let me get killed, please. Of course not. We still need you. Very well. Yes, of course. All right, then. <coughs> can, uh, while they're walking down, can I just, like, glance around <clears throat> and make, like, a history or insight or something? Sure, yeah. Just, just see what I see. Uh, wait, like, history or? History is fine, yeah. Okay. The ten. Um, you don't get anything crazy from looking at the ruins, but you can tell it was def- it's very, very old, like ancient, back whenever Medin was ruled by tribal stuff, possibly even before magic was even thrown into the world. Um, <clears throat> there were performances done here, as you, as you can just tell by you know, the way it's set up. Um, you know that the gnomes uh, were, are very 
into performance and that of of the races they're one of the most uh, you know into humor and performance and and putting on those kind of things so um, it just it gives you kind of a feeling of this is this is something from my people this is something that that my ancestors would have really enjoyed and uh, it, it resonates with you a little bit whether you're a druid or a bard or whoever you are any gnome would get a, a kind of a, a sense of ownership over this place I don't can work with that have I reached the bottom of the steps? So we begin stepping down, and Simon halfway <coughs> down. Go ahead. No, just when I see them approaching, I'm going to like jump off the stage. Okay. And and step up. Okay, as Simon's heading down, Aspen and his brothers are all kind of doing their thing, and he says, Well, hello, boys. It didn't intend on, on seeing you so so soonly after after we parted ways. And, and Aspen says, So soonly after we parted ways, you betrayed our mother. You made her feel like... Crap! You you treated her so poorly. Why why would you treat her that way? Well, boys, as you know, the life of a traveling treasure finder is one that takes you far and wide. And while I truly loved your mother, and honestly, I still do, uh, my travels had to take me away. And Can I roll insight? Yeah, sure. Can I address uh, fifteen four fellers? You absolutely can. I'm gonna wait till losing this dude. What do you What'd you roll? Fifteen. Uh, you don't believe him. Nobody does. Uh, not even the boys. The boy, like <laughs> they rolled you're, one. So. You're li- You're lying. You didn't. Li- you didn't love our mother. All you did was you came into our house <laughs> and you treated her. You treated her just well enough so you could steal our tapestry to get information about this stupid mask. I'm stepping up to him. Okay, Simon is stepping up. You're stepping up to yeah, Simon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just walking up to him. Like I don't know distance wise, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. I don't want to fully reach him before yeah. I take my next. Action. Gotcha. By this time he's approaching the bottom of the steps, Jack is behind him. Uh, the boys say, and who's this behind you? I guess when he gets uh, down to the bottom of the steps, I want to act. Gotcha. And who's this behind you? Simon. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a new friend of mine. He's, you know, rather set on the truth and being just and whatnot. So he's, <clears throat> he's convinced me to come down here and, you know, deal with you and come clean. Uh, but... Of course, I, there's nothing to come clean about. I truly cared about your mother, but the, my first love is treasure. Is he at the bottom of the steps? Yeah, he's here. I cast Hold Person on him. Okay, <laughs> what does that do? Uh, choose a humanoid that you can see within range is 60 feet. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. Roll 17. Ah, oh, he saves. Dang it. Okay. Wait. Wait, does he? Does he feel that? Does he? <coughs> he would feel like a little tingle or something. I guess. So like whole person would be he like would would have stopped almost be paralyzed. paralyzed. Yeah. Okay, so he goes like he goes to step and like for a second he feels like he barely stops and he has to, kind of has to push through it. And he's just like, that's odd. Mm. Uh, yes, it is. Can I do it again? Oh, um, <laughs> not yet. I will, will give it give it a second. Um, he says, uh, "That's are you are you boys casting some kind of magic on me?" Well, we don't know. It could be our mercenary we've hired, Grim. Beat him up like we said. You know, take care of him. Uh, give a thumbs up. We'll do, boys. Simon says, "Wait, hold on now. You think this is your friend? You think this is a mercenary? I'm- this is my friend Grim. He's you. traveling with me." Uh, yeah, you can try it again at this point. Do it. Okay. Please fail. Come on. Seven. Yeah, he fails. <laughs> and as he's saying that, he says, "He's traveling with me." I. I'm going to take the slave collar out, and I'm going to walk up to him and put it on him. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, okay. He is technically telling the truth, but I don't like him. What do you mean he's telling the truth? What you, You're I, working with him, too? Out of necessity, boys. I promise. I'm not on his side. Out of necessity? Out of... What could you possibly need from this scum? He has a key that I need. That we need. Jack is my friend. Uh, as is... Are you down there? You're not down there. Uh, me and Burb are kind of hiding up towards okay. the back. Jack is my friend, and we have no business with you. As long as you do not attack us, we won't attack you. Is there a way out of full person? Like, is there, like, if you it was to, in combat, I was just making wisdom saving throws. Kind of like a grapple, okay. right? I'll give it a second, then I'll make one. No, it's not strength, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. Oh, yeah. But it's, it works the same way as, like, trying to get out. Uh, yeah, technically. Um, so, you know, he just, he can't speak while he's in that, can he? Uh, no. Okay, so he just stuck there. Um, Jack, search him. Quickly. Roll investigations. Okay. 
find a toaster. All kind of stuff. Investigation. You search. You 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 pat him down, but you can't find the key. Okay. Um, find anything? I want to. Um, I mean, you find a purse of gold that has like fifteen gold pieces in it. He doesn't seem to carry a lot on this person. I want to lean into him and just whisper. Uh, I promise they won't kill you. And I'm going to take off the necklace of stone skin and put it around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, y'all. <laughs> okay. I walk over and take that well, off. Jack, he does not need that. <laughs> huh? No. Jack, I will not kill him. I promise you. He does not need this. If he does, just, they can bring you back to life. Okay. Okay. I'll, no, I'll you can, no, back. you can leave it. You can leave it on there. I'm just saying, like that's that's what I say to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, sixteen. That'll do. All right. Um. Whoa, what? So grim. It was you that was paralyzing me. And you, Jack, why are you patting me down? I promise I'm going to give you the key if you just will help me do what I have to do. We've already seen that you're a liar. I don't trust I'm you. I'm only lying to these boys because their emotions are involved. I want the key. Yeah, I know. Give it to me, and I will help you find the mask. I promise. No, that is not how this works. I shock him. <laughs> Ouch! Uh, that's still not how this works. I, I kind of motion for Burb like, to go down and make his way towards the other end of the stage, and I want to make my way towards the other corner of the stage. Okay. Um, it's, it, I, I, I'm not going to give you the key. I won't do it. I will not do it. What do you want to do when you get there? You just want to hang out. I just want to get... Closer in case we okay. need to jump in. Gotcha. <laughs> Why do I? I promise you, I'm not. I, yes, I'm lying. Already rolled inside. He wasn't lying about giving us the key. I know, but I want the key. Yes, I'm lying to these boys. I, want to I did hold not. It. I did not care it. about their mother. I, want to I did find not out care one bit about their mother. She was rather attractive. She used to be an actress. She's maintained her figure. That's cool. But no, I don't care about her so much. You're right, boys. I didn't care about her. I came into your house to steal your tapestry, and now I'm here, and I'm going to get the mask, one way or another. And he cast sleep on all of them. <laughs> I just brought him down here. I figured they'd all punch him one good time. Or something. <laughs> Can uh, I? He's he's going to cast sleep on all of them. Okay. Uh, I need to roll. What is it? I think it's the Four. d6s. Well. And they all fall asleep. <laughs> all four of them. So Simon, Simon cast sleep over there. All the boys, they're like arguing and like about to run over there, like, you know, brushing up their sleeves, about to punch him. And then they all kind of like flop down onto the stage. Asleep says, all right, fine. We've got a little bit of, you know, of, of, of uh, clarity. We can, we can speak about this now. Yes, I did not do right by their mother. I'm not, I never told you I was a good dwarf. But if you help me get this mask, I will give you your key. I believe you. I do too, but I still don't like you. You're, I don't care if you don't like me, but don't shock me with this collar. I'll shock him again. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't shock me with the collar. And I, just let's go through the paces. I'm not going to give you the key first, because then you could just leave and you're not going to help me get my mask. And I will have wasted months of my life. Let's continue onwards towards the mask. Okay. Well, we have to do something about these boys. Just leave them here. They will only be asleep for one minute. So don't think anything bad is going to happen to them in one minute. But when they wake up, they will. They will start this all over again. And you just cast sleep on them again. I don't want to. That's uh, that takes up time. I don't want to cast sleep every minute. It takes like two seconds to cast. What do you want spell. us to do with them? Tie them. Up. I don't know. Tie them up. Send them away. What? Where do we need to go? Did that here, tapestry tell you here. anything about where in this building, in this amphitheater, it could be? Well, um, we need to do some searching around, but I haven't got a chance to do that because I'm being shocked like a bad mongrel. I'm yes, going to go investigate that, that bowl. Okay. The, the guys are still asleep. All right, so Jack, go, roll it and roll it. Investigation on the bowl. <coughs> or two walk up. that you would do it. That's what it. up on the stage. Now. I go okay. take the collar off of what's-his-face. Okay. Thank you, Grim. I understand you're... I see you got a little bit of cash from these boys for doing the mercy. I, I can understand that. I get it. I'm, I'm not mad at you, brother. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. What? I'm investigating that bowl. <laughs> what were you laughing at? How'd it go? Uh, Arlo's waving towards Burb, like, "Hey, come on." Yeah. Burb comes down. He's like, "Bump, ba, bump, ba, bump," coming down the steps, um, and he says, uh, "Bad man." <laughs> <clears throat> um, you invested. What'd you roll? Nat twenty. 
A nat 20? Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell me which of you has that black rock from... <laughs> that's what I thought. So when you investigate the bowl, you kind of stick your hand in it, you move your arms around it. Of all things in this, it's the least ornate thing um, that uh, is in this amphitheater, and it really doesn't <clears throat> seem to make a lot of sense for it being there. But <clears throat> as you kind of move toward it, you can feel it. Where do you keep the rock? Just, I guess, I, in my bag. Okay. So I have like a messenger bag style yeah. thing on as the side. As you search around it, you can feel whenever the, the black obsidian crystal the potato-sized rock that you found uh, in the the constable's mansion back in Lonesome, uh, you can feel it, you know, vibrate a little bit, like kind of a, a magic humming about it. Whenever you uh, reach in to take it out, okay. Jack, what are you doing over there? I'm not quite sure, but I just have a sense about this, and I must. Bef- please, before can we please do something about these boys? Because they're they're like yawning now and waking Do up. Do you not have rope yourself? I don't carry rope. I'm a I carry a violin and a sword. What do I use rope for? This exact situation. <laughs> well, typically I get out of these situations by leaving before they notice that I've slept with their mother and not cared about her. Deep. I I don't have any rope either. I Just do. take four hits. Be a man. They won't use weapons, and that amulet I gave you will protect you from dying. Will you assure me they won't use the weapons? Uh, I'm sure Grim can assure you they won't use weapons. <laughs> I, on it, I don't know these boys. I just took fifty gold from them. <laughs> <laughs> so they begin to wake up, and uh, Aspen I will is like, "Ask them not to." Then. What? What happened to us? Why did we all go to sleep? Why do we? We haven't been traveling that long. Like, I, one of them says, "I think he cast a spell on us." You cast a spell on us, did you, Simon? Yes, you're. I'd, yes, I put you to sleep. I just needed to, some time to clear my mind. If you would like to all have one good, clean hit across my face. No weapons. No weapons. I see you have swords there. Please leave them in the corner of the stage before you come to hit me. If you would all like one good punch in the face, I will accept that. But you have to leave us alone after that. Arlo gets in line. <laughs> Arlo, you know, you don't get a punch. You're with me. You see, it seems that all of you have forgotten you're with me today. Uh, we're technically here for the key, so... Well, if we get that and you die, I don't care. Well, I don't care much about you living either way. I just want my mask. So, uh, boys, if you would like you to get gnome? one... Good, huh? Are you the gnome? The gnome? I'm a dwarf. The god. Oh. He's a dwarf. I'm... I'm right. just a dwarf. <clears throat> I mean, huh? Simon's a dwarf. <laughs> um, all right, I believe you. Do okay, know. fine. Every, boys, you know, crack your knuckles. Get one good hit in, okay? For, do it for mom. And so they all come up and they all go to punch him. And I'm just going to roll damage on his on his face. It's just four. They're pretty big, beefy boys. One of the brothers still grabs his smaller brother and starts damage. Damage. still does one damage. Yeah. Oh, just all one damage? I thought yeah. the D4's worth of damage. No, that's, that's, that's why I kept good. saying just a punch. Yeah, okay. and, and Not a big deal. Bad. Gotcha. My bad. I forgot about that. Okay, so he takes four punches. They all walk up. Say, this is for our mother. And this is for our dead father that you disgraced his memory. <laughs> this was for the tapestry that you stole from our home that led you here. Can you... Do you still have the tapestry? Can you Can you give it back at least? He, like, you know, grabs his jaws. Some, like, blood trickles on down his lip. And he says, yes, I'll give them that tapestry back. And he, like, takes out of his bag and, like, takes it out. And it's all balled up and stuff. And he, like... Tossed it back at Aspen, who is the the last one to hit. He says, "Well, I guess my hands, I guess my hands are full, and this one is for just being a jerk." And he kicks, he kicks him right in the nuts. And uh, uh, Simon just goes to his knees and says, "Oh, Ooh. my dwarven boys." <sighs> okay, so, are you all happy now? So, Jack, uh, how are things so over there? Uh, I'm sorry, oh, I got a bit distracted by the, the uh, Oh no, he didn't sell the show. I don't think I mentioned him selling the tapestry. If I did, that was wrong. Um, can you all leave us alone now? Go back and you give your regards to my mother. To your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Aspen turn, as, as they're all climbing up out of the amphitheater, Aspen turns around and runs back and just like punches him right in the nose again. And that one's from double jerking or double jerking <laughs> <And he laughs> leaves uh, 
Yeah, and so the four of them leave. Uh, they all go to Grimm. They say, good thing we're wealthy. We took all our money, and that was dishonest, but thanks for helping us out. I can't... I needed a key. You understand. <laughs> Do you have a key? I d- <laughs> we don't understand much of anything that's going on here. we got to go home and comfort our grieving mother. See ya. And they leave. <laughs> okay, back to Jack. <laughs> back to Jack. Holding. Um, you are... Re- yeah, do what you want. Everyone, I don't know what's about to happen, if anything. I, I want to step I, up there with him. Okay. I was going to say stand back. Grim, I'm glad you're with me. I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> Hands on the bowl and, and Arlo is like looking around. <laughs> What's this? I put the crystal into the bowl. It's yeah, as, as you say stand back and everything, Burb is over there too, like with Arlo peeking in. <laughs> Simon's the only one who stands back, like trying to, to protect, protect himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Whenever you push the the rock into the bowl, like it doesn't like go through or anything, but it like adheres to the bottom, and it begins to vibrate and stuff. You take you pull your hand back, and the rock then begins to kind of like liquefy Ooh, into spooky. this into this like black, just vespa. What's it called? Black. Vanta black. Vanta black. The the, the, the deepest black you can imagine into this swirling bowl, that and it begins stars. to swirl into this liquid, and it swirls and it swirls and it swirls, and it rises up to fill the bowl. And then <laughs> it's all kind of gets sucked magically through the bottom of the bowl where there was no hole in the bottom. Um, and um, that is gone. The, the rock disappears. How's the bowl doing? The bowl is doing fine. Uh, for so a like moment, a nothing black happens. Liquid in there? Or what's There's no liquid anymore. Okay. The, the liquid swirled and like the rock turned into the liquid, and the liquid swirled and the, it got sucked down to the bottom, okay. through the bottom, away out of the bowl. All right. And we all survive. And then there's silence. Well, that happened. Yes, it did. What? What? What is going on? What happened? What did you do? As I approached the bowl, the stone that I procured from Ronald Witherbranch's estate began to hum as if resonating with the bowl. I thought maybe if they were together they would have some sort of effect. Arlo's but, looking around for other rocks to try. But the stone seems to have <clears throat> melted and flown away somewhere into the bowl. Flowed? Fl- flown is not. Past tense of flow. As you're speaking and Simon is rubbing his head getting frustrated, you hear an echoing voice. Uh, from out of the ether. There's no physical being associated with it. It's a voice seems to be just coming from the area you are in um, uh, alone. And it says, Well, hello, you all, and welcome to my stage. Ah, it seems the crowd is a little sparse today, but that is no matter. The show must go on. Well, Dang I did right. not expect this. I don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> and Arlo is a little bit shocked. He's looking for where this voice is coming from. You should not have to dance. Firstly, I must ask you, what brings you here to see the show today? Batman. We came with a friend. What do you mean you came with a friend? But why? Why are you here? Are you here to see the show? You'll have to address that question to Simon. He's the one who brought us. I'm asking all of you. Simon chimes up. He says, we're not here to see your show. We're here for the mask of many faces. I like a good show. Um, He says, oh, thank you, little gnome fellow. Thank you very much. I'm sure you would enjoy the show. But Mr. Simon, it seems, is your name. If you're not here to watch the show, then maybe you should just leave. And whenever he says that, two uh, purple specters appear in the form of big, beefy, um, bouncer men. Like, just big, muscly guys are standing at the front of the stage, kind of near where you are. And um, they each have a mace strapped to their belt. Um, but they are still in this kind of purple, ethereal-looking form. Um, and um, I'm thinking like the... Um, pomegranate commercials. Sure. <laughs> if you want it's to... like the purple dragon, like the purple samurai or whatever. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you want to think of it that way. I think it's more of an airy, less liquid, more of an airy type situation, but they're very specter-like. 
Um, but all and as he's as this voice is saying that, the specters grab their mace and they begin to uh, inch forward menacingly towards mm-hmm. your group. Is this part of the show? <clears throat> no, it's not part of the show. The part of the show is an entertaining, comedic masterpiece. It has. Uh, it's not here to serve whatever other motives you have. If you're not here to see the show, I'd rather you just leave. Well, I'm in a good show, show in a while. Very well. Very well. Uh, Simon says, Fine, we're, we're here for the show. In the voice, I can't look at you as a voice. <laughs> the voice is, what about you, masked man? What are you here for? I told you, I came with friends. Whatever they wish to do, I will do with them. That sounds like a bit of a loophole, but I'll allow it. Thank you all for coming to see my show. You, bird person, what about you? Burb says, See the show. Uh, and he says, Wonderful, splendid, splendid, splendid. I'm so glad that you came. We have quite the show lined up for you today, and I'm sure you all specifically will enjoy it. Any responses? <laughs> I hope so. Arlo, Arlo puts just a random rock in the bowl. Okay. That doesn't belong there. Take it out. Take it out. <laughs> <laughs> now, I would like to start. I like to start and finish my shows with a little audience participation. So, dang it. <laughs> may I have a <laughs> Arlo reaches for the rock again. <laughs> may I have a single volunteer my from hand the crowd? Flies up. <laughs> Ooh, quickly! Then. I will do it. Well, if, if, if that's what you choose, would anyone else like to go in any competition for our one volunteer? We only need one, but uh, certainly if you would like to fight over the opportunity, I would not, uh, that I would turn, not displease me. I turn to Simon and like raise a necrotic fist into the air. Simon. Um, <coughs> uh, Simon says, oh no, by all means, Grim. Please have at it. Thank um, you. Uh, I am going to have so much fun. The voice says, Well, I just like to get everyone's blood pumping a little bit before our shows begin. So, um, I need my volunteer on stage, please. <clears throat> I thought it was already on stage. Yeah, You're all right in front of the stage. The bowl is right in front of the stage. Oh, okay. I jump up there. Okay. Welcome to the stage. What is your name, <clears throat> uh, patron? You can call me Grim, if it please you. It pleases me to call you your name, I am, Grim. I am sorry. I do not know yours, though. My name is Gaul Glittergold. Glittergold. I am the gnomish god of performance and humor. You are in the presence of a god. Arlo is just like the only person in the audience just clapping. This is bad. Very well. I am... <laughs> Pleased to make your acquaintance, Gaul. I'm sure that you are. Garl. Garl Glittergold. Ah. Forgive me, Garl. You are forgiven. Thank, Thank you for coming to my show. Uh, I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. <gasps> right off the bat. Ooh, hang on now. What's my modifier? Uh, that's a 13. That is not going to see I'm dead. Um, now I need to know, what is Grimm's greatest fear? Uh, that's, that's, mm. Manual labor. <laughs> Lack of sandwich. Do I have this written down? Like, you're, you're casting like Phantasmal Killer? Oh, uh, this is a kind of homebrew thing I'm making up, so. so. Four toad sloths. Does it need to be like a physical thing, I fear? Like a bear? Or is it something like. Just you tell me, what, uh, what's your greatest fear? Uh, I guess Grimm's greatest fear is like being unable to defend people like weakness when it comes to saving others uh if you don't translate more physical. <laughs> yeah oh yeah i was looking for more physical but yeah, yeah. that's why i asked but I, I i was I, I, there were some things that you could have said that i could have translated i think into something physical well, i mean um, you can make it like uh something that saps his strength no i mean like something like kind of wraps around all of us and like changes to maybe the big bowl no, would have to, that would directly affect him yeah this will be okay i got it I got it. That's so, we have to directly fit Grim. Uh, Garl Glittergold, huh? What's that? That was still good. Yeah. Garl Glittergold uh, says to you, he says, Well, what we usually like to start our shows to get everyone's blood pumping is just a little bit of combat. Just a little, you know, little fisticuffs match, a little fight 
between something, someone and something they fear. So, let us begin. So, <laughs> coming before, you. Uh, coming up before you, um, <clears throat> there are two specters appear. Two of these purple kind of apparitions appear, um, and I should have chose the bunnies. <laughs> one of yeah, one of them appears standing over uh, your sleeping father. Um, you, there's a spectral kind of uh, projection of your father on the ground underneath a spectral version of a large bear. Uh, the other is a spectral version of your sister, Ferris, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who is on the other side of the uh, the stage from you? You're standing center stage. On stage left is Ferris, who is underneath the uh, projection of a of a, uh, a a large onkeg, which is that giant um, armor, armored praying mantis thing. And on the other side is Bruner Baker, uh, Grimm's father, underneath the uh, uh, bear. And you will need to roll initiative. Oh, my gosh, she did. There we go. Oh, I didn't roll in the bowl. I completely forgot about the bowl. It was not a bowl. It. Can I re roll in the bowl? Please. Can he re roll a non bowl roll? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm completely joking. Oh. Alright, what do you roll? I roll six. I'm a classed. Probably. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so the first thing that occurs is the bear. The bear, not really even noticing you, reaches down, huh? No, continue. With his with his teeth, and he pushes his teeth down, and he just bites a big old hunk out of your dad. And your dad yells and goes, "Help! Help, Grim! Get this bear off of me!" And the bear goes, "On him!" Death ensues. Now, secondly. Uh, the, it's the Ankeg's turn, Ankeg or whatever. Uh, your sister is on the ground, and as the Ankeg reaches up, it stabs one of its uh, its arms into your sister, and she shouts, "Oh, Grim, help! Please help!" <clears throat> and that's the end of their turns. Is it my turn? Mm-hmm. I got a spiritual weapon upon the bear. Also, it should be known that whenever this voice was heard, uh, the sky darkened above you. And like the 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 theater is now darkened, as if you're in there for a show. Okay. Go ahead, do you what now? Uh, you create a floating spiritual weapon within range that lasts for the duration, or until you cast the spell again. Uh, when you cast the spell, you can make a melee spell attack against a creature within five feet of the weapon. On a hit, the target takes force damage equal to one d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier. Um, and it's a bonus action to cast an attack, so I'm going to do that upon the bear for a mighty twenty-three to hit him. Mm, that will hit, yeah. Uh, and that's 11 damage. Alright, cool beans. And um, for so Mr. Onkig, what do I want to cast on Death Boy? I'll cast the uh, Sacred Flame on him. So he's got to succeed on a Dexterity Saving Throw. Okay. Um, Take a look. Sorry, excuse me. Um, what was our rolling dex? Yep. Fourteen. Um, that matches. Okay. Um, so you're attacking, I guess. So he takes seven damage. Seven damage <coughs> from, and what were you doing again? Uh, sacred flame Which on is him. Radiant damage. Yeah, right? flame-like radiance descends on a creature that you can see within range. You're gonna need to let me know damage types on this one. Uh, force for the hammer, radiant for this one. But it was a uh, your spectral weapon, right? It was like a, a magic situation. Yeah, it was pure magic, yeah, gotcha. so it was, that's why it was force. Okay. Force is the, what they use for pure cool. magic. Cool. It is now the bear's turn. Um, and the bear is going to run over to you real quick and do a spell called Life Train. Um, that's cool, man. It is Sounds like fun. Plus wholesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He rolled a seven to hit you, so I don't think he. He do not. Um, and then he's over. The, yeah, he's over there by you. Cool. Between you and your father, 
And then the, the onk egg is going to take its time to just, you know, really jam into your sister again and, and stab her again. And she's like, Graham, please stop wasting time and help me. How far away? Uh, she's 30 feet behind you and your father is 30 feet in front of you. Like, I guess if you're, because you're looking at the bear. Okay. Um, well, crap. I'm just going to attack the bear twice then. Because I can't, I can only move the hammer 20 feet. Okay. Uh, 23 to hit him. Yeah, I'll hit again. <laughs> Come on now. Give me, give me chip up. I can't get this. Ah, nine, 13 damage. Uh, 13 damage? Yeah, you got Either, it. Um, necrotic as well. Oh, it's necrotic damage? Uh, it's D8 bludgeoning, D4 necrotic. Okay, what'd you get necrotic? Four. Okay. And so total was? 13. 13. And then the second hit uh, is a 26. Uh, yep, yeah, that'll hit him. Um, nine damage, one necrotic. Nine, okay, gotcha. So the bear is not looking good. You've beat him up pretty good here. Um, <clears throat> you've. Uh, I'm going to use my bonus action. I'm going to go ahead and pull the hammer 20 feet closer. Okay, gotcha. So, well, the, the bear was right there at you. Um, mm -hmm. So you want to go behind you then, I guess? You're then... Mm that a school bus? Maybe. There are people outside the room. I, no, I summoned the hammer at the bear, so he's 30 okay. feet away. He's floating over Bruner. Gotcha, so I'm gotcha. pulling it 20 yeah, feet yeah, closer yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, cool. Um, so it returns, uh, and do you do any movement? Uh, no. Is this emotionally affecting Grim in any way? Zenus is fine, but... Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Uh, Grim is... Distraught, he's rather angry. Okay. He's just kind of focusing on what's going on, lots of growling and stuff. Cool, cool. So when he punched him, there was definitely a <gasps> gotcha. type of thing. So is this on. like you failed to have the spell not affect you, or is this a. I, I failed. Like, you think this is real? Well, if they're spectral, I guess. Yeah, they well, are real. Can they see? Y'all are, are watching this happen, excuse no, me. No, I mean, like. Does he believe like this is actually his father and his sister? Is that what like the spell's effect has done to him? Or that's what I was operating um, under. That's what yeah, I was. Yeah, okay. it, it, it feels a lot more real than. I mean, you you have your wits about you somewhat. It, of course, you have you can logically think about what's going on, but also yeah, the part of, part of the failing of the wisdom saving throw is that it feels a lot more real than it would have. Um, Josh, what we got going on outside? There's a couple of dump trucks just doing donuts. Nice. I love dump trucks and how they ruin our shows. <laughs> um, it'll just have to be okay. So, God, yeah, so loud. They're just circles out there in a four-way intersection. Good for them. Pause the recording if you want. No, they're, they're, they're going. Yeah. They're going. Uh, it is now the bear's turn. The bear is going to attempt to use life drain on you again. Do it. And he crit fails. Poor bear. Bad, bad news for the bear to make. Suck. Um, <laughs> Kill me. Well, he couldn't use the life drain, so it doesn't suck. Wait. I need to go back. What? When you were punching earlier with the damp, with the, the, so it was bludgeoning. Oh. It was. Bludge bludgeoning then necrotic? Yeah. Okay, my bad. Back in time. Yeah, the bear failed, uh, and the bear's going to turn around and go back towards uh, your father. Punch him. Okay, you're going to try to punch him? Uh, is that an opportunity attack? Yeah. yeah. 16. Uh, that'll hit. Um, eight, 12 damage, 4 necrotic. Okay. It seems at this point, after these p couple punches that you've made, like that they don't seem to be affecting this bear very much. Mm -hmm. um, the bear is definitely in, this, in a spectral-looking form. You know, it doesn't look like a real bear. It looks like a ghostly-looking bear. Mm -hmm. um, but as you punch him, it's just not doesn't seem to be bothering him whatsoever. Not even the necrotic? Not even the necrotic. Even that's not bothering me too bad. No. Nothing. Continue. What? Nothing. Continue. The thing. Yeah. The continue. Th okay. Yeah. Um. So the bear goes back. With his turn, he is going to again attack your father, and the onkeg is again going to attack your sister. All right, man. I'm upset at this. Okay. Uh, it's your turn. All right. I'm going to, um, as a bonus action, have the hammer go back and hit the bear. Okay. Uh, 14 to hit? Yep, that'll hit. Um, 7 damage. That'll do. Is that is the hammer hitting him? Yeah, when when the hammer hits, 
he definitely like recoils in pain, and it you can see that like the spectral form of this beer is is taking the the taking the hits of the hammer, but unlike the bunches. Um. Okay. <clears throat> also, the rest of you can see all this happening. You are free to do whatever you want during this. I'm going to cast Toll the Dead upon the Uncake. Okay. He makes a, a wisdom yeah. saving throw. Oh, it's just kind of taking in the show, like re- realizing this is a, it's a show. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, he rolls a nine. Probably a fail. Yes, yeah, fail. Has he? Did the radiant damage affect him? The radiant damage of the yeah, it did. It did. Cool. It looked like it did at least. Oh, this is uh, nine. That is thirteen necrotic damage. I guess that's probably not going to affect him. Uh, it will not. Well, it doesn't look like it does. <laughs> So the Ankeg, even with this, the, the ringing of the bells, it seems to be okay. Great. Uh, with the bear's turn, he's going to, after attacking your father, he's going to run back over there and try to use his life drain on you. Uh, and he is going to roll a 13. That will not do. All right. And then he's going to return to your father, giving you an ability for an opportunity attack if you like. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take it. It doesn't okay. do anything. Um, and the Ankeg is going to come and try to do the same thing on you. Good gravy. What happened to Mariah Madaistre? Another crit fail on that one. So the Ankeg goes to like try to drain you a little bit, uh, and it does not Wait, succeed. Wait, the returns. bear ran to me and ran back? He's got 60 feet of movement? Oh, he doesn't. Sorry, he ran to you. They're both at you now. Okay, Excuse cool. Me. Grim, do you yeah. need assistance? I'm good. Fair enough. Slowly. I haven't been hit. My parents are... My my father and my sister are dying. You could do something about that if you please. If you could just stand over their corpses. That would be nice. I can do that. Then thank you. (laughs) It it looks like he's having a good enough time. It'll be alright. I thought he normally enjoyed this sort of thing. Not when my family is dying. I'm trying to find the thing. That I need. <laughs> the whispering. Of, <laughs> we're not going to tell well, him. We're, we're in the audience, so. Yeah. Um, Burb is clapping. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say anything. Encore, I'm encore. going to uh, cast. It's my turn, right? It is. I'm going to cast Spirit Guardians. Okay. Uh, you call forth spirits to protect you. They flit around you to a distance of 15 feet for the duration. If you are good or neutral, their spectral form appears angelic or fey. I'm going to go angelic. Okay. Uh, if evil, fiendish. When you cast the spell, you can designate any number of creatures you can see to be unaffected by it. Those two, uh, Arlo and Jack. Uh, okay. An affected creature's speed is halved in the area, and when the creature enters the area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, it must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d8 radiant damage. Okay. Are his family members dead? They're on the ground. They're getting attacked every periodically. Okay. And then I'm going to call the hammer... 15 feet forward. Forward to you? Or yeah, 15 feet to me. Okay. Well, um, whenever next is an opportune time for me to do so, I'm going to go over to Grim's sister and kind of defend her. Uh, you try to move to do that and step onto the stage, but you are prevented from doing so by what feels to be some sort of force field, some sort of magical uh, wall that keeps you from pushing through it. Grim, invisible. we can't get in to help. You're on your own. Can what I, good are you then? Can I try casting healing word on good old Padre Baker? You of course can try that. Okay. Right. I try casting healing word. Okay. And I shout out, Mr. Baker, suck less! Uh, it's my what, father you're talking about! From what you can see, uh, it doesn't seem to affect him. He doesn't even really, it doesn't, he doesn't seem to hear you. Or respond to whatever it is you're saying. Um, I'm going to lean over to Jack. Jack, Jack I, I think you're right. I think Grim's kind of on his own with this one. I believe so, Arlo. Um, he, uh, it's your, you did your turn. Mm-hmm. So these angels have appeared? Yeah, man. Well, they're just like floating. It's like 15 feet. Around you? Yeah, and it's like they, they're just tiny little balls of light that oh, float okay. around. okay. Cool. Um, so the bear and the Ankhead each are going to try to attack you again. Okay. Um... um so they start their turn there. The bear takes nine radiant damage. Do I do a wisdom saving throw? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think you do. <clears throat> well, he rolled a four, so he not safe. Uh, okay, yeah. So he yeah nine damage for Great him. Gravy. 
My, I broke my dice. <laughs> and, a, and a nine from the Onkeg. Hey. Uh, the Onkeg takes 13 damage. All right. And why is it different? I forgot. Because they're different turns. Oh. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense. Okay. Uh, so the beer takes how many? Uh, seven. Okay. And the Onkeg takes how many? 13. I think okay. I guess you can't right. ask me these things. I'm not gonna yeah. remember. So each of them, each of them, kind of like you know, seize with pain at this radiant damage as these angels give them a the the, the damage and the the attacks. Um, but they are going to roll to try to drain your life, one from the bear. Uh, fifteen to hit. That will do. All right. Uh, this will do three d six necrotic damage. Five. Uh, seven and ten. So you have done ten damage to you. I have done to five. Well, damage. You must do ten. Uh, Constitution saving throw. Yeah, roll a D, uh, Constitution saving throw. Uh, eighteen. Uh, you succeed. Cool. Um, also, if they're getting health back, I only took five damage because I am resistant to radiant and necrotic damage. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so you only take the five damage. Or that's what, yeah, it was ten at first, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so you only take the five damage uh, as they try to drain you, or that was just the bear. Mm-hmm. So this was a twenty-one, which will do it. Yep. <laughs> another another maybe, save. Yeah, another save first, or not first, but after the damage. <coughs> uh, eight damage. Uh, okay, so four and a little twelve for a save. Okay, you succeed. So. Uh, you're taking this life drain, but you don't feel like it's permanently affecting you. Cool. Uh, it's just your your health is going down. Um, so they are there, and then they want to leave your your space and go back to where they were. So they, they can they can only make it fifteen feet. Okay, so they only they only make it fifteen feet away from you. Yeah. Um. Your turn. Yeah, I'm going to. That's accurate. <laughs> Bryce is drawing out grim. <laughs> Destroying his enemies. <laughs> one one dude's like torn in half. Um, That's accurate. Right. I'm gonna oh, have on the <laughs> hammer. I forgot what it was. I'm gonna yep. have the hammer attack the bear. Okay, swing it. Uh, that's a mighty 22. Good. You've rolled like 20 <laughs> above 20 every time. Uh, six uh, force damage for him. All right. So you smack the bear, and on this one, the hammer passes through the bear, and his spectral form disappears, and Surprisingly to you, so does the form of your father. It just disappears whenever the bear falls away. I'm not going to uh, really focus on that. I'm just going to okay. whirl around and face the other thing. All right. Um, I lean over it. Come Jack. on, Grim. You've got this. I lean over to Jack and I, I whisper to him. I actually said that in character to you. Do you think he's figured out they're not real yet? I don't think he can figure that out. Mm. Simon from outside the thing says, Grim, would you please hurry this up? I've got a max to get. I'm trying. Well, try a little bit faster. I will kill you when I get off this stage. You will not. Boy. <laughs> um, I, I lean over to where, where Simon is. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he will. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he will. We shall see. I'm going to run over to the Onkeg, and I'm going to cast... Uh, Hand of... Nope, I'm not. I'm going to stay where I am. I'm going to cast Sacred Flame. I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> Hand of Flame. Dexterity <laughs> saving throw. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't believe he succeed. He'd do a 7. He do not. That is 13 radiant damage he take. All right, so this Sacred Flame that comes from the sky, I believe. Yeah. The Sacred Flame that comes from the sky, it's radiant damage, so it passes through the Onkeg, and as it does, the Onkeg, you know, vibrates, and its spectral form shakes, and then it disappears. And and so does your sister, and you uh, have ended this situation that you were in. Cool. Combat is over. Yeah. And as combat I'm is over, emotionally broken. <laughs> yeah. As combat is over, you can personify that however you would like. Graham, I think you won. Yeah, it would seem so. Garl, what was that? Oh, what good fun, everyone! What good fun! Is everyone's blood pumping now? Is everyone excited to be here? I um, have blood that's moving. Yeah, yes, yes, you do. Well, Grim, I understand that was probably a little bit taxing, but you have to give things a little bit of stakes whenever you want to start off a show. I hope it wasn't too bad for you. You were very successful. 
Well done. Yes. <clears throat> but now that we've warmed up our audience, it's time for the shoe. Please, no talking during the show as it is very, very rude. I'll make thespians of you all yet. Now, without further ado, uh, <clears throat> the sky begins to darken. Graham, are you getting off the stage? Yeah, I'm, I'm stepping down to where they are. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I want to punch Simon. Do, do you do that? Can I? I mean, you can, <laughs> you can try. Uh, that is a 23 to hit. We uh, still so got yeah, power on You right? walk over to Simon uh, and you punch him. Not necrotic. I do. I'm just five. Okay. So you punch him and like his neck snaps. He's like, if you don't all stop hitting me today, I have half a mind not to give you this key and just find someone else to do this. I can leave you in the hands of Garl if you'd like. He's not. He has no problems with me. You're the one he took into the cube and had fight. I volunteered. Just can we please get on with this, please? And please don't punch me anymore. Anymore. It's ridiculous. The day has yet to end. Um, then Garl says, Now, now, I need you to have your manners. When the sky darkens and the, and the lights come on, it's showtime. Please, no talking during the show. And then <laughs> it gets dark. Uh, and on the columns you can see, uh, you know, kind of ghostly appearances of... Uh, big candles that are magnified to point light at the stage um and nice visual i like that um it begins to it opens up and you the the stage also spectrally uh, appears some curtains in front of the stage that are closed and then all of this everything you're about to see on stage i want you to picture as kind of like that same wispy purple kind of airy looking stuff and as scenes change and as different things are shown to you like the different stuff kind of, you know, blows away in the wind and something else appears in that same wispy form. Got it? Got it. Just says, so we're all kind of picturing on the same page. We are on it. So, um, we, the curtains, the spectral curtains open. And uh, you all, you don't know it, but I will say that you all see something different. Jack, we'll start with Jack first because uh, he's the first one I have written down. We will go through what Jack sees in the show on the stage. Uh, most of it's, uh, I think almost all of it's silent. So, Jack, uh, see you see yourself uh, in your old butcher shop slicing up a large cut of meat hanging from one of the hooks in the ceiling. You look up, and from off stage, a beautiful elven woman, your wife, uh, strolls in with one of her famous sweet rolls. Uh, the steam billows off of it as she offers it to you. Uh, she takes some of the homemade icing off of it and wipes it on your uncovered nose playfully uh, as you laugh and talk for a moment. Um, after you guys are finished shortly with this little exchange and you kind of laugh and enjoy one another, um, she uh, exits the stage. And the large cut of meat that is hanging center stage falls to the ground and kind of dissipates into like a smoky... Uh, thing on the floor, but whenever the smoke is just about to go farther out, it then sinks to the floor and becomes a big puddle of blood. So um, it's got kind of a misty tear in his eye at this point. Yeah, it's a, a puddle of blood. Uh, and then in that puddle of blood, your wife kind of appears coming out of that puddle of blood laying there and uh, in, in, uh, where she died. Um, her belly is cut open and she's uh, just dead in that puddle of blood. Jack, you kneel to the puddle and you grab the hand of your beloved bride as she lay there in this puddle of her own blood, uh, and you glare upwards at a group of orcs that appear uh, in your line of sight as they point at you and um, are uh, in the process of laughing at what has happened. Uh, and Jack can be seen as you see yourself grab uh, the cleaver that is on your hip, and as you stand up uh, to uh, swing your cleaver at them as you come across toward them, they all disappear and a, 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 a jet black dark hand grabs your wrist in the uh, <clears throat> uh, and it's where the orcs used to be a black hand grabs your wrist um, excuse me uh, the hand pushes you into a chair which appears behind you uh, as the puddle and your uh, your dead bride disappear uh, the this grow um, 
the chair grows smaller and smaller, uh, and then the hand uh, grows larger, and the just a full arm can be seen passing through like a portal in the air, coming towards you. Um, and as it comes towards you, it looks like it's about to grab you, but then it turns, and you and this large hand shake hands. Uh, <clears throat> as you do shake hands with this large black hand, uh, your you shake and um, you your back tenses up, and you look to the sky. Um, as if some strange power is electrifying you. The hand waves to you and then leaves back through the portal. The chair turns into uh, turns to face the crowd, uh, which is just you, really. Uh, the chair turns to face you as uh, your mask, the mask that you wear every day, forms on your face. It wasn't there before. Uh, you stand up out of the chair as the chair disappears behind you. Uh, before your feet appears, your bride's dead body once more. Um, and then the two of you begin to rise up and up and up onto an, on an ever-growing pile of orc bodies, some cut, some crushed, some cleaved in two. The pile never stops growing as you begin to disappear at the top of the stage, and all that's left is uh, a giant pile of orc bodies, and orc bodies continue to roll down it and down the side until it fills the stage, and then a strong wind comes and blows all of it away. That's pretty dope. I like that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the end. We'll I get picture it very much like the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Absolutely, kind of that is esque. that's a lot of inspiration mm-hmm. from for that a little bit. Um, next is Grim. Uh, Grim, you see your father and your mother both younger, while your mother is pregnant. They are knelt in the woods in a circle of stones, knelt in prayer. They raise their hand, their heads. Uh, then they disappear, and a great tapestry appears floating on the stage. It's made of hundreds and hundreds of equally sized patches, all with different things painted on them. Before there is a time to evaluate any, any particular one, it grows larger and larger as if it's zooming in on one particular spot. And it continues to zoom and zoom and zoom <clears throat> until it zooms in on a, uh, on a particular seam uh, in the tapestry. It doesn't zoom in on any one of the patches. It zooms in on a seam. And it continues to zoom, and the thing grows larger as if you're zooming through the seam. You go into the darkness of the seam, then everything is dark on stage. Um, and in that darkness, a baby the only sound you hear, actually, in this one is a, a baby's cry is heard. A baby appears now on the stage in its crib as your mother and your father gather around. They all disappear uh, shortly after that, and you see yourself on stage, locked in combat with the bear in, in adulthood. The bear seems to overpower you, but just in time, you shoot. <clears throat> you become into your necro- you become your necrotic shroud form, um, and the bear relents uh, in fear and runs away. As the bear runs away, it fades and is replaced by your father. He draws near to you, and your necrotic form examines you briefly, and then turns around and walks away. Grim then, <clears throat> or excuse me, you then fade as your father walks to the other side of the stage and up an appearing staircase which you recognize as the one in the constable's mansion in Lonesome. He sits on the couch center stage and peers into a fireplace. The fire grows larger and larger, and within, then within the flames, you, Grim can be seen, you can be seen fighting off monsters and casting spells. Then Grim stops, you stop, as a large figure in a hood makes its way toward... Um, uh, you, yeah, you stop as a large figure uh, in a dark hood makes its way towards you with an outstretched hand. Uh, you look hesitant, and as the figure reaches, um, as you reach out for the figure's hand, and then everything blows away. Then cool. finally, uh, Arlo. Uh, Arlo, you see yourself as a child, sitting on the bank of a river with a homemade fishing rod in your hand. Uh, you're alone. Slowly from behind you, a large puma is stalking. It creeps and creeps and creeps forward, licking its teeth for a taste of little Arlo. Arlo turns and shrieks in fear. The puma pounces in midair, transform, but then transforms into Briar and lands on the ground, and the two of you have a good laugh. The scene changes as Arlo is a little bit older. Briar pats his big belly, then points to a picture of a wolf in a book. Also, Arlo uh, strains and stares forward, eyes bulging comedically. Then, poof, uh, his head and arms transform into a wolf head and arms, but not the rest of him. He holds the transformation for a moment and then returns to his regular self as he and Briar laugh again. Next, Arlo is an adult. As Arlo, uh, <clears throat> as Arlo travels, or no, Arlo is an adult as he and Briar are tearing down a camp. Briar begins to walk away from Arlo as Arlo travels the other way. 
Briar turns and looks back before exiting the stage. Arlo then fades as Briar is seen wandering through the woods. He stumbles upon a hunting party attacking a huge beast. The beast is wounded, and the hunters taunt and spit at it. Briar is seen scaring them away by manipulating the trees as the scene fades. Next, Briar is sitting with his back to a tree as two gnolls take turns beating him with their fists. Blood trickles down his face, intermingled with tears as the two gnolls laugh. The scene fades as Arlo returns to the stage, running up and giving Briar a huge hug. But Arlo is soon pulled away, pulled backward away from Briar and up onto the deck of a ship as he waves goodbye to his master. As the ship pulls away, a dark hooded figure with an unsheathed blade is standing behind Briar. As the blade moves toward Briar's neck, everything fades and everything blows away. <laughs> uh, I like it. It seems vaguely familiar. Yes, applause is usually in order after a good program, especially five different programs all at the same time, may I add. I truly hope you enjoyed the show. My programs are meant to not only be beautiful to watch, but also to push the audience to really think deeply about themselves. I do wonder what verb, so... Yep. <laughs> Now, I played the prima donna a little bit earlier, but I know why you're here. I'm a god after all. I can see what goes on. You're here to try to find my mask of many faces, aren't you, dwarf? You mentioned it earlier, but I knew it before you said it. As this is just a stop on the road for you four, eh? I imagine. Well, you have come far and enjoyed my show, but if you want to get into the green room where the real magic happens, you'll need to answer one question to prove that you're a real thespian. What is the question? What is the question? Find out next week on Dungeon Boys. Thank you so much for listening. What is the question that uh, Garl Glittergold has for the party? What will happen in the green room if they do make it there? And what was the meaning behind all those weird little shows? Find out later on. In the meantime, please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, please be sure to leave us a review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tank Media Games, and if you love the show, go visit patreoncom network to see if you want to support us with anything even as low as a dollar per month. We love you very much. Bye. Toodles. Later. Bye.